Well, I don't know about you, but at first glance, when I looked at this parable that we have before us, and these are tough ones, trust me, they are, they're difficult. I, I kind of thought that the parable was a bad dream. You know, things haven't started off right. The plan isn't working. The proceedings are delayed. The supplies that are needed are out of stock. Friends and family aren't very helpful. In fact, they're downright worthless. Everyone is late. Now everyone is exhausted. They all fall asleep. Let me tell you, I've had some dreams like that. <laughs> I've had some dreams where nothing works out, and I'm wondering what's going on. Is this a dream? Am I going to wake up? Stay awake. For sure, when Jesus tells this story, he wants us all to be wide awake. And he wants us to know that all is well. He is coming, and when he comes, he will take us to where he is. We're not going to miss the party, folks. All right? Let's keep that in mind as we look at this parable. However, I'm sure you, when you heard it read, it felt like a dire warning, right? It felt like a bad premonition. In fact, one scholar actually believes that Jesus wanted to scare his disciples. Some of you know this because I've shared this story in different places, but it won't be long and my little grandson, Henry, who's now 13 months old, will be living with, with us in our household for at least a year, I think. Long story short, my, wife's, or my daughter's husband is going to be serving the Naval Reserve's active duty for a year. So they thought it would be best to come and be with us during that time. We're looking forward to it. Henry is a curious little boy. Henry has a little attitude now at 13 months. He has taken the milk bottle out of another baby carrier at the park and run off with it. <laughs> so I'm anticipating that I'm going to need to review some of my discipline skills. Okay. It's been a long time since my kids were that age. So I read recently an article from NPR... It caught my attention about Inuit parents dis disciplining their children. Jean Briggs, who is a Harvard psychologist, anthropologist, she was 34 years old, went up above the Arctic Circle for 17 months to live with the Inuits. She persuaded a family to adopt her and to help her survive. There were no roads, there were no heating systems, there were no grocery stores. With temperatures that easily dip in the minus 40s or 50s. And at that time, uh, this is back when she wrote this in the 70s, at that time, they lived very much like their ancestors had done for a thousand years. 
They built igloos in the winter and tents in the summer. So I ask you to imagine trying to maintain some discipline with a toddler, a 12-year-old or 2-year-old in an igloo. (laughs) Where are you going to go? How are you going to deal with that? Gene Briggs uh, made a landmark discovery about anger among the Inuits. Something remarkable was happening among these families that you'd never seen before. The adults were extraordinarily calm and found they could control their anger with their young children. For example, how do you teach children at that age to stay away from the ocean? Because obviously they could easily drown. You could, you could yell at them, but instead of yelling, don't go near the water, Inuit parents took a preemptive approach, and they would tell the child a special story. It's the sea monster with a giant pouch on its back just for little kids. If a child walks too close to the water, the monster will put you in his pouch, drag you down into the ocean, and adopt you out to another family. They don't need to yell at the child because the child's getting the message in a way that they understand. We have hot water heat with radiators in our old home. I'm trying to figure out a story I can tell Henry to stay away from those radiators. Walking along the beach, a young Inuit mother was playing with her toddler, a little boy about two years old. And suddenly she picked up a pebble and said to him, Hit me. Go ahead. Hit me harder. And the boy threw the rock at his mother, and then she exclaimed, Ow! That hurts. The mother was trying to help the child learn about how to control anger and that anger can bring harm. I easily imagine Henry getting very angry when he's told he can't go and touch what he wants to touch at our home. I might just have to hang on to that radiator and go, ow, this really hurts, and show him the red marks. Because I'd rather he'd have a little hurt feeling for me than a badly burned hand. My colleague told me about finding his young son out in the road where the traffic routinely goes 45 miles per hour or faster. There are far worse things than hurt feelings. Across the board, all the Inuit moms mentioned one golden rule. Don't shout or yell at small children. They don't understand. They only learn to shout and yell themselves and get angry themselves. You know, Jesus could just yell at us. 
his children. They could just yell, don't you get it? Be ready. Be prepared. You don't want to miss the party. You'll be so sorry if you miss this party. I'm telling you. Or maybe, children that we are in this spiritual world, Jesus wanted to just tell a story so that the message sinks in. There were ten bridesmaids. They all fell asleep on their watch. Five left to get more oil, and then the groom came, and they weren't present. And when the banquet started, they showed up, and the door was shut. The bridegroom said, Truly, I do not know you. You know, if it scares us to stay watchful and alert, then so much the better. There are worse things than hurt feelings in the spiritual world. But I think when God really does come, it will be more like what uh, the Reverend Robert Capon said. Pastor Capon was an American Episcopal priest. He was an author of many books, and he was a chef. He loved to cook. And in fact, he was a food writer for the New York Times. He died about six years ago in 2013. Father Capon said, when all is said and done, when we've scared ourselves silly with the now or never urgency of faith, and we've scared ourselves silly with the once and always finality of judgment, we need to take a deep breath and laugh because what we're watching for, what we're waiting for, what we're being alert for is a party. And that party's not just down the street making up its mind when to show up. It's already hiding in our basements, banging on our steam pipes, laughing its way up our cellar stairs. The unknown day and hour when it finally bursts into the kitchen and roisters its way through the rest of our house is not dreadful. It's all a part of the divine lark of God's grace. God is not our critical in-law coming to see whether the wedding present has been damaged. God is our funny old aunt and old uncle with a salami under one arm and a bottle of wine in the other. Yes, we do need to watch for her or for him, but only because it would be such a pity to miss all the fun. Amen.